What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is the Mike Tomlin Game Day Podcast with Steelers Digest editor Bob Labriola. Okay, Coach, last week here we talked about the challenge of defending a Raiders offense that had the one-two punch of the NFL's leading rusher at the time in Josh Jacobs and a dynamic playmaking receiver in Devontae Adams. Uh, Jacobs finished with 44 yards on 15 carries. Adams had two catches for 15 yards. Is that what you had in mind in terms of the execution of the plan, or were there other factors involved? Certainly there there are other factors, but in terms of an agenda, um, yes, that is what we had intended. And and like I mentioned, we were having discussion, you know, we're quite – used to dealing with a one-two punch like that. I think back to my old Le'Veon and Antonio Brown days, and when you're in those significant moments uh, in training camp-like settings in Latrobe, man, our mantra was always make somebody else make the play other than those two. And um, that's the mindset that we went into the game, and that's why you saw like Hunter Renfro making a play or two early. Um, you know, we just wanted to create a climate where those guys weren't the significant playmakers, and then we start moving targets around the level of the playing field as the game we're on, sometimes focusing our energies on Waller, sometimes focusing our energies um, on Hunter Renfro. But the bottom line, the base was those two people and making them play left-handed, if you will, or using supplementary guys when you got two guys that – comprise a bulk of an offense like that. Uh, you got to take the ball out of their hands. And it's more than just wishing the guys responsible for them luck. I'm talking about putting schematics to it, and, and, and that's the job. Uh, Devontae Adams in particular was targeted nine times, and he finished with, with just those two catches. Uh, when a receiver is targeted that many times and finished with so few catches, what's the defense been doing right? We had two people on him. Um, they got a commitment to getting him the ball, thus the nine, nine targets. And if it's two-on-one, uh, the percentage is probably going to be pretty low. When they were in one-dimensional passing circumstances, you're dealing with a guy uh, of that of that stature in this game, uh, you put two people on him. I don't know that there was a, a third down or a two-minute in 2014, 2015, 2016 in that area where A.B. did not have two people on him. Uh, that was just that was just life. Um and, and that's how the game is played when you're playing at an elite level at that position. Uh, Cam Sutton's diving interception last Saturday night sealed the win over the Raiders, and he's now tied for second on the team with three interceptions. He leads the team with 14 passes defensed. What kind of season has he been having, and what do those statistics say about his development in what is now his sixth NFL season? Cam is a guy that has been um, on the upswing since day zero. He's developed within the program. Uh, he has a he has an understanding of the totality of what it is that we do. 
Um, and that is reflected in his play. It's reflected in the play that you mentioned. Um, he's a Swiss Army knife, man. We can play him outside on first and ten football. We play him inside in passing circumstances, and he matches up versus high-level interior guys that, that are significant components of passing attacks. Like Tyler Boyd is a significant matchup for him uh, in passing downs when we play uh, Cincinnati. Um, his versatility – um, his experience within our system allows us to move him and Minka are two primary pieces that we're able to move around quite a bit and um, and just to diversify our attack. And, um, man, he's a guy that's been really rock solid and really been on the rise and providing quality play for us, uh, not only this year, but I think it's just reflective of, of the trajectory of his career over the six years he's been here. Uh, just so I understand, what qualifies as a pass defense? Um Ball targeted toward a receiver and a defender doing something physically to ensure that the catch is not made. Uh, breaking the ball up, uh, dislodging the ball, pulling the ball out, hitting the elbow, making it somewhat of an uncatchable play. It has to be some physical confrontation from a defensive back to to limit the potential for a catch. It's not the closest DB on a drop, the closest DB on an overthrow, et cetera, et cetera. It has to be some positive action by the defensive back. Is that a key statistics in evaluating a cornerback's play? Um, you know, I, I, I think like rushers, man, they're, they're, they're evaluated by landing the plane. Um, you know, you can be a good DB by getting breakups. You're a great one if you're catching it. Um, it's like quarterback pressures and sacks. Um, it tells a portion of the story. It might, it might speak to deficiencies. A guy that doesn't get sacks, man, you question his finish. Can he turn the corner? What type of body lean does he have, et cetera? A defensive back with a bunch of breakups, you're questioning, hey, what's his hand-eye coordination like? Can he pick up the blur of the ball? Um, does he have, you know, poor hand selection? There's a lot of things that encompass a guy not catching the ball fluidly. And so um, it could speak to productivity, but it also could, could lead to other areas of focus or, or needed improvement. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Uh, the Ravens won the earlier matchup, and they did it in Pittsburgh by rushing for 215 yards and killing the final two-plus minutes of a two-point game just by running the football. Afterward, you said the Ravens won the attrition game, and you also said that in football, quote, the ball snaps, you kick butt, or you get your butt kicked. Uh, is your team looking for some payback tonight in that area, or look, can looking for payback be counterproductive in trying to secure a victory? Um, it could be counterproductive. It can be productive. Um, what you like to think when you have a professional football team is that, you know, that low-hanging fruit is there, um, but it's not significant in terms of our focus and what has to happen in this stadium. There's a lot of things relative to this game and what's at stake right now for us and, and the team that we're playing. Uh, certainly that exists, um, but but that's just history. Um, I'm in the here and now. Our group's in the here and now. They better be. Um, they better be focused on what makes today a big day as opposed to um, what transpired um, the last time we played them. Uh, they could use that low-hanging fruit. The last couple of times we've been in Baltimore, we've won. Um, but the bottom line is that ball is going to snap today and both teams have got to play football. 
Today, uh, your defense is facing a running quarterback in Tyler Huntley. What's the process for a defense when it is faced with having to account for a running quarterback? You know, it, running, the ability to run is just a component of it. I, I think the thing that makes Baltimore challenging and makes the discussion complex is design quarterback runs. Um, scrambling quarterbacks, you just respect that. Um, there are certain mechanisms that you that you work to deal with that, and that has been around in the NFL for as long as I've been in the NFL. When I came into the league, I was in the NFC South, and, you know, they had Michael Vick in Atlanta. Um, the scramble, he was in a West Coast offense. And so you only had to deal with his athleticism via the scramble or improv. What's going on in today's game, and specifically in Baltimore, is they're putting schematics to it. And design quarterback runs is a totally different scenario. Now that becomes triple option football like Oklahoma or the 80s and things of that nature. Now you got to start employing deep defenders. It becomes a mathematic game. It's an 11-on-11 game at that point. And so when you take the free safety out of the middle of the field um, to combat it, it's a very necessary thing, but it also creates an opportunity for splash because when you break the line of scrimmage, man, there might be more space. And so – that's what quarterback mobility is doing to today's game. It's not just the fact that these guys can run. Um, it's the coach's willingness to have design runs that include them that, that make it challenging for defenses and, and defensive coordinators. Uh, in talking about the Ravens' style, you said they play a limited possession game, a field position game. Uh, when you're matched against an opponent like that, do you, do, do you try to combat that with a different style of play, or do you just try to play that very style but do it better than they do it? you got to win possession downs. Um, forget what their intentions are. You acknowledge their intentions, and really what it does is it puts the weight on possession downs and specifically what sets up possession downs. Um, in order to win the war of attrition, they gotta they got to be good on third down. In order to be good on third down, they got to be in third manageable. And so we got to do a really good job of of trying to push them to third and longer down in distances and, and, and thus get them off of that. In the first series, for example, uh, last time we played them, they had second and ten. Uh, we forced an incomplete pass. It produced third and ten. That was our only three and out in the game. And so when you get them in third and longer, you get anyone in third and longer, uh, the potential to get off the grass increases, and that's the lane that we got to be in. That's how you combat their agenda. Uh, for a long time, the Ravens' defense has been about their linebackers. Uh, back when you first uh, were introduced to this rivalry, it was Ray Lewis and Bart Scott and Terrell Suggs. Today, it's Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith. Are Queen and Smith two versions of the same kind of player, or do they actually complement each other? You know, they're similar, but, but at the same time, they complement one another. What I mean is, um, it's, it's like, uh, you know, Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis. Um, how they deploy them, they're very similar, but they, they work in complement. Um, Roquan handles more of the traffic direction, um, playing in the middle of things. Um, Queen is more of a blitzer and playing on the peripheral things, but they're very similar in that they're both highly instinctual, they both are, are running hit guys. Uh, they're both are really built physically for today's game. Uh, they're athletic. They can change direction. They can play in space. Um, they stand up when you spread them out. Um, they're good underneath zone defenders. They're not uncomfortable matching up against wide receivers and people that end up in that space sometimes versus zone defenses. Um, I, I really just think, you know, you talk about Ray Lewis and Bart Scott. 
those are the type of linebackers that were appropriate and reflective of that generation. Uh, you look at this tandem, uh, their physical attributes are appropriate and representative of what's needed in this generation of players. Uh, your team's playoff hopes can be ended before tonight's kickoff if Miami defeats New England and Foxborough. In such a situation, will you make any attempt to keep that outcome a secret, or is that just unrealistic? No, I don't fight that in any way. Um, you know, I, I like to feel like we understand that urgency each and every week. Um, each and every week I've always preached that teams walk into stadiums. What happens in those stadiums is, is significant and has short-term and long-term ramifications. And the more we do it, man, the road gets narrow. Those ramifications become more clear. Um, but you better have the urgency, the totality of the journey. And so I'm not going to change that narrative because the road has gotten narrow and, and the consequences are becoming more clear. Um, it's just confirmation of what we've been talking about all year. We better focus on the things that are in our control today, and that's our play and the winning of this game. And, and those secondary things, um, those chips fall where they may. We had an opportunity to do something about those posi that positioning and that component of the discussion like everyone else did September, October, November. That's the Mike Tomlin Game Day Podcast. Subscribe and download new episodes every week and check out all of the other shows we have to offer on the Steelers Podcast Network that's available on the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.